inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about orbital studies. I mentioned in passing the term orbitals, otherwise known as orbital studies, in episode 22. I'm a firm believer that in the field of education, we use and speak of many different terms and acronyms without fully and completely knowing what they mean, what they are, and how and when to implement them into our teaching process, so this episode will again break that trend. In this episode, I also promised to define orbital studies, describe the orbital study process, and provide some recommendation for orbital studies in grades K through 5. I also promise you that you will have five tips to help implement orbital studies into your classroom. And stay tuned for the Cut That Out section of this podcast, where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the topics we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Let's begin today by defining the term orbital study. An orbital study is an independent study or investigation of a topic from a current unit of study. Orbital studies are extensions of the content within a unit based upon additional questions a student has about the content. So picture an atom with a nucleus and an electron swirling around it in 3D. The atom's nucleus is the unit's content, and the electron is the orbital study. The orbital study must be grounded in essential understandings and or the standards for which the unit is actually based upon. So the students completing orbital studies are not just picking a topic at random. Rather, the topics of the orbital study propose a deeper understanding using additional questions the students are asking about the topic or topics to uncover a more in-depth learning. Not extra work per se, but deeper work on something that is already being studied or has been studied in the past. The orbital studies, I might mention, does not necessarily have to be on what you're studying right now. It could be something that you have studied in the past. But again, it's related to the content that is part of the curriculum in that particular grade level. So your orbital study for the carbon atom would be like adding the oxygen, something tangentially but related. So then we're making carbon dioxide now. Okay, enough of that analogy. You get the picture. 
Orbital studies are independent work tasks, meaning the student or the students are working on them alone or paired, but not being done as a whole class exercise. In practice, a class full of students completing different orbital studies looks like individual students and pairs of students buzzing around a classroom like bees in a hive, using the resources as needed, conferring with others or the teacher to complete the tasks necessary, and talking to experts via computer or phone. During the orbital study process, the teacher acts as a guide or a director or a coach, a point of reference for places the student or students can go to for additional information on their orbital study. This means that the teacher needs to know what each of their students are studying, but the teacher doesn't need to know all of the information about each of the student's orbital studies content. That would be completely impossible. Rather, it's important for the teacher to assist the students in finding the information that they need. It is the student who goes through the learning process, however, not the teacher. The teacher should also assist the students with creating and following an overall plan, a rubric for the orbital study, and a method and outlet of presentation of the question or the topic of the orbital study. So let's break down each of these points in the next few minutes and explain them more in detail. Planning out the orbital study is, I believe, about as important of a process as completing the orbital study itself. Helping students plan for a project that can actually be done in a whole group format if needed, and each student could get a calendar-like worksheet with squares for each day of the project, or a worksheet with blank lines to write out lists. I've included some examples with the handout at the end of this episode um, as part of pagehendricks.com. As a whole class, you can discuss the process of completing various tasks in order to get a larger type project completed. Each student can write or draw their own steps, keep logs on their time, the resources they used, and reflections of what they have learned, but the overall process for every student will be the same, even though they may be doing their orbital study on different topics. Then students can use their planning sheet to begin their first task and get to work. Teachers can check periodically or have a scheduled time of each day when he or she can check in with certain students on their progresses, like a mini-conference, to ensure everything is going to plan, or maybe that the plan needs to be changed a bit and how to go about that in order to continue working toward a finished product. Rubrics are the most effective way to evaluate an orbital project because they have the ability to show how effectively a student planned for, completed, and presented the orbital study. Rubrics also allow for a universal assessment, meaning the rubric can stay the same for all of your students regardless of the content being studied. So the majority of the rubric that you use could be reused over and over again, with some really small modifications for the teachers to change content assessment pieces that are specific to each student. So what I would do is make a content column in the rubric that I already had in place, but not fill it out until you know what the student is actually going to be studying in their project. But the rest of the rubric could be reused over and over again. My favorite rubrics are the self-directed rubrics for grades K through 12 from an organization called PBL Works. The link is here in the show notes. And there are other rubrics also in the show notes for the taking. And did I mention these rubrics are free? These can be used and modified to add a content column specific to the student's orbital project at any time. Orbital studies last approximately three to six weeks, according to the research. But in my opinion, an orbital study length is dependent upon two main factors. First, the age of the student, 
and second, the depth of the question, or the topic being studied. By all means, I would encourage your kindergartner to engage in an orbital study if it's appropriate and good for that student, but I don't always see a five-year-old spending three weeks studying the same question or topic. Not to say that couldn't happen, just it's less likely than a fourth or a fifth grader who may have the capacity to keep the learning going for much longer. Whatever your setup is for orbital studies, one thing remains poignant in my mind, making sure that the students present their study to an authentic audience or one that is as authentic as possible. Students need to know that their study counts for something and that it matters. The only way this happens, I found, was when the students were able to present their ideas to others. It could be done in a gallery format, in a presentation that's really more formal, in a letter to someone that's involved in the project somehow, or a Skype or a video call to someone involved. Whatever the the outcome is, the presentation of some kind should be definitely as authentic as possible. Before I get to a few examples of orbital studies for grades K through 5, I wanted to mention one more thing. Sometimes the student will get stuck on finding research or how to synthesize information they're collecting from the internet by not plagiarizing or even just writing up the report. Here the teacher may opt to have mini lessons during the time students are working on their orbitals. So say for example, yesterday's conference with a handful of students that I had yielded some information about report writing, meaning many of those students that I met with were really stuck on how to set up a final report of their findings using the format of a five-paragraph essay. As the teacher, I now know this, I can mention aloud before anyone breaks for orbital study research time that I'll be reviewing the five-paragraph essay format for report writing somewhere in the classroom, like say at a back table somewhere, for about five or six minutes. Any student who wants to join me can. And if I know there are a few students that I met with yesterday that really should join me, I'm going to take the opportunity when I go to break and go back to that spot in the classroom to get started. I would nudge those students on my way toward this review session because they really need it. This is a mini lesson and students love this. They're able to self-select what they need when it's offered and learn exactly what they need when they need it. And you're not wasting the time of other students because they've already have the five paragraph essay format down pat. So those other students who are good to go can just keep going. Here's some examples of orbital studies for each of the grade levels K through five. And the topics I have selected here to talk about are general unit topics taught nationally at these particular grade levels. Your curriculum may be slightly different, however, but hopefully you can still gain an understanding of how to approach an orbital study with your students at any elementary grade. I've elected to use social studies and science topics, but you may find topics related to a language arts book or connected that's connected to your social studies or your science unit or even something from math as well. These examples are for instructional purposes only, and they act as suggestions just to help your students and you find or discover orbital studies. In kindergarten, social studies is often the study of U.S. national holidays, like what they are and when they're honored. And an orbital study might be why a particular U.S. national holiday came to be, like how it goes through the process of becoming an actual national holiday, and or if there is a similar holiday or the same holiday in another country, not just the United States, how it is celebrated and how it came to be there. 
Often, first grade has a fair amount of money learning and counting and making change in mathematics class. I used to incorporate these concepts into the economic lessons that I did on goods and services, needs and wants, producers and consumers. So possible orbital studies here may include an investigation of another country's currency and its relationship to the U.S. dollar, or how the U.S. determines, produces, and distributes its currency, or even an understanding of an ancient civilization's economic system. You get the gist here. So something along the lines of mathematics or economics or money, for example. Students in grades two are often studying many things in science class, including plants, life cycles, water, properties of matter, and the earth and its many different topographic formations. So students can plant and grow and study different plants in various environments. They could find water near their school or near their home and find out exactly where it comes from, like where the river originates. They could test that water and determine its safety for consumption. And if it's not safe, The student or students could write or present to the local government their results and possible solutions on trying to make it safe. Many models can be made of the earth, like my favorite one is to do it with Play-Doh, but uh, students can also get into changing earth formations over time, like studying Pangaea and the time of the dinosaurs, or Pangaea during the time of early man in their local area. Social studies class in grades three has a wealth of topics for orbital studies. I mean, the list really goes on and on and on. Historically, students are studying various people and explorers, but not everyone or even their complete stories. So students for an orbital study could consider a lesser known explorer, like maybe a female, for example, and find out more about this individual. Or students could dig deeper into a well-known explorer and find out more about him or her. This in-depth study may cause some controversy and should be navigated in tandem between the teacher and the student. And in addition, helping the student learn about the challenges this individual faced in their own time. In other words, putting the individual and their events that surrounded them into their context, not in today's context, because we have a different approach and we're looking at things through a different lens. But that will help navigate the process in a positive and a really high quality learning matter for the students. Maybe third grade wants to know more about economics and a system of currency or exchange services and distributions of good from another country to the United States or from the United States to another country. Or students can dive deeper into government and local affairs. And I'm not just talking about the United States government, but maybe there's something happening in the local government. Maybe there's a major road in your town that's in desperate need of repair. Can the students figure out the amount of damage or the cost of fixing and the timeline to fix it and present this information to local authorities? Or is there something on the school grounds that's a hazard for students at the school? I once worked with a group of teachers who were getting complaints from students like daily that there was a massive hole in the ground with a corroded pipe in it very close to the school's blacktop and no one seemed to be available to fix it. Balls were flying in it, and kids were afraid they were going to fall in it and get hurt, and they kept telling the teachers about it, and nothing ever got done. So this problem became one for the students to analyze and solve, and eventually they actually did solve it, and the hole got plugged up. Social studies is an excellent content area for orbital studies in third grade because, like I said, you've really hit the jackpot here, and students can dive deeper into a wealth of content for sure. Often in science, grade four consists of learning about animals like vertebrates and invertebrates, physical science topics, and again, more earth science. 
In Earth science, students learn about rock formations, wind power, and land erosion. So possible orbital studies include learning about a part of your town or your state or even the United States in general or another country in the world that's affected in some way by rocks or wind or land developments, both positively and negatively or negatively. Students can research this and how to possibly solve the problem that exists therein. Finally, in grade five, there's usually something to do with people, native cultures, and human movement from one place to another. This grade is also easy for orbital studies. I mean, seriously, take your pick. Dig deeper into one of the native cultures that was here in the United States before the English or the Spanish or the French or whoever came over, or someone that is, or some culture that was native to the area in which your school sits. You can find a culture on a different continent and follow their movement, including why they moved in the first place and where they went and why they ended up there. If possible, you could dig deeper into that move. Maybe there was some type of conflict or discrimination that was happening. Continuing to ask questions about what is being studied at this developmental age is a good thing. We don't want our fifth graders going to middle school thinking that what is in their textbooks is the only take on what has happened, right? So perspective building, becoming a sound researcher, and creating personal understandings is very important here. And these students, due to their age, may be able to handle deeper-based questions that fall into that gray area of understanding. So that would be perfect opportunity for an orbital study. By the way, many of these suggestions came from a book series on Amazon dot com called 180 Days of Learning, and they do them for social studies and for science. These books are less than $15 each and can help you and your students at least find some orbital study topics if you're looking for some. These books are originally published by Shell Education, which is a subsidiary of teacher-created materials, and I've put the link for this company on the show notes. Why would you choose orbital studies? Well, Orbital studies involve students in the process of designing a short-term independent project in order to delve deeper into topics that they are already studying in class. The content, process, and product are all differentiated by student choice rather than by teacher choice, leading to a much higher level of student engagement. What are some of the benefits of orbital studies? Well, focusing on a topic of student interest related to some facet of the curriculum provides flexibility in student learning and in student engagement. Orbital studies are an ideal way to address both commonalities and differences among student learners. Remember, they can work in pairs and something for students to focus on when in-class work is completed. Orbital topics are also challenging enough for gifted learners, too. Some challenges of orbital studies... Well, some research indicates that much of the work on orbital studies is completed at home, which could be difficult if there's not adequate support at home, either resources or materials or otherwise. I'm not certain, though, that this always needs to be the case. Students can use class time when their required work is finished, or time can be denoted during parts of the particular school day, like Fridays, for example, or alternating Wednesdays to work on orbital studies in class, especially if you have the whole class doing them at the same time, then you can make it just part of your learning day. Orbitals can require a high level of teacher guidance, which could be a deterrent for some teachers and would definitely provide extra challenges for a busy teacher. But remember, The teacher needs not to know everything about the topic of the orbital, just enough to point the student in the direction to find information. 
And sometimes that information too, maybe somebody else in your school, like the librarian or a colleague, for example, that might know something about it. So don't work real hard, just help the student find what they need. Finally, teachers need to continue to hold students accountable for the orbital study throughout the project. Time meeting with the students and ensuring progress is being made is time definitely well spent. Looking for a one-pager to discuss orbital studies with others, like maybe the parents that you have of your students in your classroom, for example. Thanks to Abraham Lincoln Elementary School in Palm Desert, California, I've got a handout that they've already created. I'm going to link you up in the show notes. So in this episode, I promise to define orbital studies, describe the orbital study process, and provide some recommendations for orbital studies in grades K through 5. I think we've accomplished those goals. But here again are the five tips for working with students on an orbital study. Tip number one, orbital studies are independent, self-selected, creative projects for students in any grade level. Tip number two, During the orbital study process, the teacher acts as the guide or the director or coach and the point of reference for students. Tip number three, all orbital studies need a plan that is written, monitored, implemented, and assessed by the student with help from the teacher, including a calendar or a list of tasks, research information, and or the rubric. Tip number four, orbital studies can last approximately three to six weeks But depending upon the age of the student and the depth of the question or the topic, they may be shorter. And finally, tip number five, orbital study presentations should be as authentic as possible. So there you have it, five efficient and creative tips for you to consider when implementing orbital studies in your classroom. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these tips will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Before we part, this section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the five tips in your class time. You can find the handout on my website at pagehendricks.com, that's P-A-I-G-E, Hendricks.com, along with today's show notes. Thank you so much for joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to Get Off the Dotted Line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.